Hello, and welcome to another broadcast of the Freudian Slips with your personality host, K. Michael Cavanaugh. Good news, you can now contact us via email at feedback at the Freudian Slips.com. Shoot us an email at feedback at the Freudian Slips.com, and once a month, the fourth Sunday, we will address these emails. If you want to discuss your experiences, relationships, woes, troubles, we'll look at these emails, we'll pick out the top one, two, three, four, maybe five, and we'll provide an answer for those. A little bit of insight into what may be going on. Now, I don't pretend to have all the answers. Uh, sometimes I have none of them. There are times I'm as confused as you are. But I will say this. I may be able to give you some insight into how they're viewing things. Also may be able to give you some tips and tricks that'll help you get through the situation. And understand that the improvement that you're looking for may be to let go and to move on with your life. It may just be the best thing for you. So thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. And I'll give you a quick disclaimer and then away we go. And now for our disclaimer, our podcast, are primarily made for educational and entertainment purposes. Our commentaries can and will be informative, insightful, and sometimes satirical. However, our podcasts and videos are not, nor should they be used as an alternative to professional, psychological, psychiatric, or marriage and family counseling. While I have multiple years of practice within these curriculums, I am not your healthcare provider. And with that said, let's get into it. Today's episode is going to cover the topic of why you're single, or why you don't have anyone, or why you're alone. We can give it a lot of titles, but ultimately, you do not have a mate, or significant other, or anyone with whom you can share your experiences. Now, some people will say, I'm single by choice. I choose not to be in a relationship. That's a choice. I think it's a poor choice. It might even be a selfish choice, but it is a choice. And if that's where you are, then that's fine. For those of you that do not want to be single, that do not want to live in that eternity of just being alone or ending up with a house full of cats, then maybe this might be for you. So let's start. This is a simple five point discussion. And we'll start with point one, why you're single. Who are you? Who are you? You know, are you nice? Are you kind? Are you considerate? Or are you shallow, self-centered? Are you easy to speak with? Are you difficult to speak with? Do you challenge yourself to be a better person? Are you satisfied with who and what? you have become. Now, don't answer this, because the question isn't really for you. If asked, everyone will indicate that they're the best person possible. In fact, the only reason they don't have anyone is because no one else can appreciate the great thing, things that they have to offer. Better yet, ask someone else. Better even, ask your friends. Get them together. Although that might be a bit embarrassing. It might be better to talk to them alone, individually, and just ask, 
take a 10 to 10 approach. Ask them to tell you what they think of you. Now, most friends are your friends. They're going to say all the great things there are about you. Oh, you share, you're kind, you're considerate. Now, that may be true, or it may be that they don't know you that well. But here's what I would say to them. Take a piece of paper and ask them to write down your most positive trait and your most negative trait and leave it at that. Then go to another friend and ask them the same thing. What is my most positive trait and what is my most negative trait? And what you're hoping to find is that A, you have honest friends who can honestly answer that question and more importantly to see if they see anything in your personality that you might want to change or will they say you're perfect just the way you are because if they say that your friends probably a liar because I don't believe there's anyone that doesn't have something that they can change about themselves how others see you is what you're projecting to them what they feel about you is once again what your projections are towards them you may believe you're kind you may believe you're considerate but you might also have a lot of selfish traits and while your friends won't say oh yeah you're a selfish son of a gun they may say well you could share a bit more how you are and how you behave is in direct relation to why you're single point two expectations versus reality now expectations are important and we all have them expectations are with the job you work expectations are with the food you order at the restaurant when you go to a restaurant you look at their menu you choose an item from their menu you have an expectation either based on the picture you see on the menu or what you understand a food item to be when that food is presented to you well now your expectations either have been met or they have not been met the same with your job you go to work if you work approximately 40 some odd hours a week that's the national average at the end of said time usually two weeks you have an expectation that you will receive a paycheck for having gone to that job that job in turn has an expectation from you that while you're there you'll do what you were assigned to do as far as duties excuse me as far as job duties and responsibilities same with the restaurant having fed you there's an expectation from the restaurant that you will in turn give them money you will pay for that which you have received whenever your expectations either don't meet what your mind says they should be you are going to have a problem with that that is the same in a relationship you have expectations of the other person the question is do they know those expectations or do you just assume they know those expectations are those expectations based in reality or are they based in some other 
realm, pie in the sky type of reality that only you perceive. It comes down to expectations of what you will and will not accept. And if you're in a relationship, there is going to be expectation. And while you're single, may be that your expectations are not based on reality. What are your expectations of others? And that's going to come down to your value. Now, myself, I expect that the individual that I'm in a relationship with will be caring. They will be planning a future. They will be well-grounded. And I, in turn, am going to attempt to meet their expectations. But there is no way possible for me to meet those expectations unless they have vocalized what those expectations are. And there's no way for them to meet mine unless I vocalize what my expectations are. And then we have to determine together whether our expectations are in the world that we live in. Is it reality? Expectations also come into how you show love and how you receive love and how that person shows love and how that person receives love. Because love for me may be giving you a gift. Love for me may be waking up every morning and indicating I love you. Or it might be as simple as getting you a glass of water when you're thirsty. On the other hand, that person may not receive love that way. They may care less that you gave them a gift. They may not care that you got them water. They can get water themselves. So unless you know how that person receives love and your ability to meet or show them that you can reciprocate, uh, that's not the right word, unless you can show them that you're willing to meet them at that level, then there's going to be discord. There's going to be difficulties because they're going to feel that you're not meeting their expectations and you're going to feel that their expectations are not based in reality and that's going to be a problem now we'll go to point three and I like to say if the first section was the mind the second section I would call the spirit this section I'll call the body I know it's a little out of order but bear with me I like to think of this as a formal dining I like to think of this as formal dining the body and I think of it as setting the table. Now, we know, or at least we should know, that most men are visual by nature. It's what we see. It probably harkens back to the days when we used to hunt. We had to see the animal, find the animal, hunt the animal. And there are some things we see that we don't even know we see. Most men see a woman's hips and they go, whoa. Or they see a woman's breasts and once again they go whoa they may not conceptualize they may not fully understand that breasts indicate an ability to produce food for an offspring hips indicate the ability to produce offspring it may not be something that they're actively working on but we're definitely visual by nature and you can tell that because the majority of magazines that depict women, depict them in a manner that is alluring and are visually stimulating. Porn, that is a visual medium. Women, on the other hand, they look at bodies too. 
they may not vocalize it and there aren't as many magazines out there depicting the physical male form but women are more thought they're more thinking about they have the ability to create a scenario within their mind that men never can man's greatest thought process of scenarios oh i went to the club and man she came up to me and she looked like this and she looked like that and then this happened women will give you an entire episodic about how he looked at her what he was thinking what she was thinking i.e romance novels romance novels create a world an atmosphere a scenario around the opposite sex that would bore a man to death so let's look at setting the table we'll say it's very simple how do you look physically and I don't care if you're heavy light thick or thin you have to have a physical appearance that is alluring to the individual you want to attract you cannot throw a lure into the water and expect to get a fish if the bait ie us is not alluring to the thing you're trying to attract you cannot throw a stake in a lake and catch a trout you cannot put worms in a bowl and get a tiger that's not how that works so no matter what you think of yourself I'm fine just the way I am if he don't accept me the way I am then forget him good luck with that because that is what the makeup industry is built on that is what push-up bras that is what high heels that is what low cut all is designed to do to attract the eye of the visual male so you need to look a certain way in order to attract that which you want to attract uh, now you can do that traditionally or you can be postmodern that part is not as important just understand that if you dress traditionally a man is going to see that traditional attire and you're going to attract a man that prefers a woman that wears a dress it's not likely he's going to prefer a woman or be attracted to a woman that is in a business suit that is not his depiction visually of what he wants from a mate conversely if you're out in a business suit you may find the postmodern man that is looking for that he wants someone that looks like he does status wise maybe he doesn't want a dress or a mini skirt maybe he wants leggings or something along those lines the main point about setting the table is you have to be appealing to the connoisseur that is going to consume said product if you're not don't be surprised now for the other group if you're let's say a weight class that would put you in the heavyweights of the boxing group then that's fine there are many men that like large women there are many large men that want nothing to do with a thin woman just know what 
you're trying to attract. Which brings us to point four. Self-respect. Do you have it? If so, prove it. You have self-respect. A man is able to tell if a woman has self-respect. It's not that difficult to see. They may not acknowledge the reason they're not with her is that she had no self-respect, but it is in there. It is in the fact that he picked her up or they met one another, if you prefer that term, at the last drink of the club at night. It is, I forget what it's called, final call. I believe that's what they call it when you're, when you got to leave. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the club's about to close. They're taking the one last order of drinks. Almost everyone has found someone and or has left the club, but she's still here and she's not ready to go yet. And I haven't found anyone. So, hey, she's as close as it comes. Now, does that mean she doesn't have self-respect because she goes home with me? No, but do I believe that she may have less self-respect than someone else? Possibly. Let's look at go back and look at attire. Let's look at her attire. Is she dressed provocatively? Great. Is she dressed in a manner which indicates she is not concerned what other people think about her? That may be problematic because you should be concerned about what other people think of your attire. I know it's not common today and it's more popular to say, I dress the way I want and who cares who looks and who sees. Just understand, you're single for a reason. I didn't say you couldn't find someone to sleep with you. That just comes from being a human. But being in a relationship, the first thing a man will do is scrutinize the attire that the woman he's with is going out in. I guarantee you that. I've been around enough men. I've spent my whole life being one. We care. And while we may meet you in that attire, and we may date you in that attire, but if we choose to stay with you, there would have to be a change in that attire. It's kind of the same with a woman when she moves into a man's apartment and she sees the hovel in which we live. She sees the clutter. She immediately thinks, oh no, this has to change. There's no way I can eat dinner out of a pot. And why does he only have one cup? She wants to change that to make herself more comfortable. He, in turn, would want to change her attire to make himself more comfortable while being out with her. Not to mention, there is another aspect of your attire when you're with a man. One of those aspects is the gaze of the visual man looking at you while your man is standing there. Now he has you in this attire and here's another man looking at you through your attire. That man now feels as though he either A has to ignore it, B has to give the man the look, and men know what I'm talking about, the look like, hey, avert your gaze, hey, look away from her, at least blink. We feel that responsibility. And if your goal is to be in a relationship, you're going to have to understand that 
No man wants to constantly do that. He does not want to every time we go out, I have to get another man to stop looking at your attire and seeing you through that attire. It leads to fights. It leads to disagreements. It leads to arguments. And for men, it can lead to death. So we just as soon not have that. So look at your attire. Second, when we talk about self-respect, self-respect also comes into how you engage with others. Most men would like a lady to be a lady. Now, that definition has changed a lot since my time. But trust me, the vast majority of men, men now, not grown boys, there's a difference. Men want a lady who acts and behaves as a lady. Now you define that any way you want. You want. But I'll define it like this. If I wanted vulgarity, if I wanted animosity and anger, there are so many places a man can go find that. The place where he isn't looking to find it is in the company of his significant other. So if you're single, maybe look at the words you use. Maybe look at your disposition. Maybe take a look at who you are while you're out with the opposite sex or same sex. Take a look at how you communicate. It matters. And the last part of self-respect is this. If I can call you at 2 a.m. and come over and things occur and then I can leave and not call you again until 2 a.m. four days from now, whether I vocalize it or not, I do not have respect for you. I may not have any disrespect for you, and I may not feel that you have no self-respect, but I am not going to hold you in the same esteem that I would a woman that would tell me, it is 2 a.m. I am not letting you come over here. You have to see me doing normal time or make plans. That's just how it is. It's akin to why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? Have some self-respect. Put a boundary between when you will and will not allow someone to come over and scratch that itch, for lack of a better term, or for lack of a better phrase. Self-respect. It's just that. You have respect for yourself, for what you have to offer someone else. That respect is built upon what you will and will not accept. And if at any time someone crosses those boundaries that you have set, then it is probably a sign that they're not dating and long-term relationship material. And that's all I have for you today. So thank you for listening to this crazy person talk. And I appreciate each and every one of you. If you'd like to provide feedback, or if you'd like to communicate with us, if you'd like us to sit down and talk about some of the things that we're going to be doing in the future, by all means, you can reach us at our website or our email address, feedback at thefreudianslips.com. That's feedback at thefreudianslips.com. Reach out to us. Give us your stories. I'd be more than happy to discuss your events and our situations on the air. 
complete anonymity, of course. Thank you, and have a great day.